You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello and happy Friday. I know we say that every Friday, but it feels like forever for us because we are just back podcasting after six weeks. Yes, yes, we are. We are we are attempting this via Zoom as I hold my baby girl's binky in her mouth. So if you hear a baby cooing or crying, that is what, you know, that's what we're dealing with today. That's all right. Um, baby Taylor's so cute and we will do a podcast next week giving you guys an update. We've had some people request, how are you guys doing? How is Becca doing? So we will give you guys a full life update next week. Yes, 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 we will. There's so much to tell. So yes. much has happened in a month. It's amazing. I can't believe it's been a month. That's crazy. It's crazy. Exactly. Yes. And it feels like, well, I just saw you this last weekend, but it does feel like yeah. forever since you've been here. We've podcasted. So we are back with Friday Fire. And mm-hmm. you know what that means? We got a hot topic today. Some tough love, some hard truths, and honestly, I'm really excited for this one as I just recorded a podcast earlier, which will come out uh, sometime next week or the week following regarding just a fat loss recap um, for the phase that I've been in the last seven weeks, and this could not ring more true uh, for you know people in a fat loss phase or attempting to make lifestyle changes, and the topic today is stop killing your momentum. Um, yeah. Because we see people do it so often, right? And I can definitely attest to being this person in the past. And I know Becca can too. Oh yeah, I was the queen of killing my momentum. It was like dumpster fire when I would kill my momentum. It wasn't just a little bit. It was... Zero to 60. Zero to a a hundred as fast as the car could go. (laughs) So, you know, we know that a lot of people start out on their journey to, you know, lose weight or they have particular fat loss goals or even goals in regards to just instilling new routines. Maybe it's getting up early in the morning or going to the gym a few days a week and you crush a week, right? Or maybe even a couple of weeks and you've really started to gain momentum and you start feeling really good, but then all of a sudden, temptation set in, right? And, you know, you're seeing progress, maybe it's on the scale, maybe it's physically, maybe it's in the gym, again, with endurance or with strength. And so you kind of hit that, I can afford to button or I deserve to mindset, like I can afford to skip a day, or I can afford to go out to eat and have some drinks with my girlfriends, or I deserve to have the chocolate chip cookies or the ice cream or the wine. And ultimately, we just shoot ourselves in the foot and we kill that momentum because mm-hmm. essentially what we do when we let loose and like Becca was saying is like, you know, maybe it's not super extreme is going zero to a hundred, but you know, oh. you've found this routine, you found this rhythm and you've gained this traction. And so you decide like, I'm just going to go out and have a cheat meal or, you know, a meal that I'm not even going to think about the calories and I'm not going to track it because I deserve to kind of let loose in this time since I have been on top of my game. Um, and we definitely support the balance of, you know, having a healthy lifestyle and achieving your goals while still enjoying things that you love. But we need to, you know, take 
a different approach instead of thinking about that on off switch, which I think a lot of people struggle with, right? Like I'm just going to let loose and then they totally go off the rails. Yeah. And I think this is a good way to shift your mindset around how you look at weekends and how you look at events and stuff like that. Because a lot of people look at them as, oh, I want to, you know, I want to let loose. I want to enjoy my weekend. I don't want to restrict myself. But when you start shifting how you look at it and start looking at it as, I've been doing really hard work this week, putting in time in the gym, putting in time, trying to cook healthy meals, trying to change my habits. And instead of, you know, oh, I, en- I I get to enjoy the weekend. It's like, no, I'm killing the momentum that I've worked really hard to create all week. And yes, we get that during the week you have a routine. It's easier. You don't have social events as much going on. But when you start to look at it as I'm literally just stopping myself in my tracks by having this meal that is it really worth it, you know? And I think a lot of times people talk themselves out of this like positive life change, sometimes even before they even start. Like, you know, you say, well, I I can't wake up early to work out. That's not like I don't do well with that before you even try to do it, you know, or you say like, I can't stick to that type of diet before you even cook one meal, you know, trying to do that. Like we have so many people that are like, oh, I don't think I'll like that, you know, and we don't even try to cook it. We don't even like I'm like, well, did we give it a shot? You know, Um, you know, don't say that, like, you can't make it to the gym at this time if you haven't even made an effort to make it to the gym at that time. Like we're putting out this spark before we even allow it to turn into a flame. And so instead of thinking, you know, I deserve this breakup and working so hard, I deserve these things, you know, we need to look at it as I need to ride this momentum wave that is able to carry me to this different place. And it's like, I think of professional athletes a lot of times, like if anyone, even anyone that's played sports in their life, like if you've ever played sports in your life, you know, when you're on like a streak, Like Mm -hmm. I played basketball and I played soccer in college. And when I started getting on a streak, that streak gave me motivation and it also gave me confidence. Like it didn't even turn into a streak anymore. That, that couple of maybe good games that like I maybe had a good, you know, luck turned my way or whatever it was. I made a really good save in soccer. It started to build my momentum more and more. And then I almost became like cocky and I was good when I was cocky. (laughs) Like I was, I was a good athlete when I was stepped onto that field and I had confidence, but that confidence came from building momentum and letting the momentum carry me. And it's the same way in life. It's the same way with nutrition and with exercise. Like, you know, Liz probably knows the feeling right now. Maybe you're feeling a little burnt out ready for vacation, but Liz probably knows the feeling of like, she feels good physically. Mm -hmm. She's been in this cut phase. She's been taking these seven weeks and letting the momentum carry her every weekend with how good she feels. And so like, that's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I I just think back to other seasons of life when maybe I, you know, did a cut phase. Um, I kind of talked about this, you know, in the podcast I recorded this morning, but like really the last time that I did a cut phase was postpartum. And at that point in time, it looked much different than it did this past time. And I believe every time, depending upon the person, you know, the season that you're in, it's going to look, you know, a lot different. But this time was really, I would probably attribute it to kind of how Becca was back in the day when she was, you know, competing in CrossFit. Like there was no deviation. Everything was weighed and measured out. There wasn't going out to eat. I think we went out to eat a total of three, maybe four times in the entire seven weeks. And they were still mm-hmm. good quality meals and stuff. Like but you brought your protein shake to the the farm this weekend. I saw that. I, I was did. Like, oh, yeah. 
Yep. There you go. I know those days. Yep. And listen, that hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, it's not something that I necessarily wanted. Like, of course, I wanted to have a bite of Marcus's ice cream that we got him at the farm. But right now, that just is not part of my plan. And it's not part of my goals. And so, you know, for some people, it's like you start feeling so good, then you start to rationalize things. And what happens is, you know, and I'll be honest, and this is something that I've intentionally avoided throughout the seven weeks. Beck and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I was like, I know if I have a glass of wine, like I want more wine. Like I just, I really like wine, you know? And so I don't even open the door to those things because I know that that is going to lead me off track and I want to continue feeling good. I love the clarity. I love the energy that I have. I'm down about seven pounds right now. Total strict fat loss, about 4.3. I talk about that in the podcast coming up because there's a difference between your fat loss and your scale weight. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is one thing where people have to understand if you want, let's say, motivation, because people are always like, I want to be motivated. You've got to start to build momentum because momentum ultimately gives you motivation. It gives you that drive to continue to do more, to push yourself harder. And I think this is where you have to understand that this momentum also takes a little bit of time. Like I think usually it's about three, maybe four weeks before you really start to gain that traction that you really, really want and things get much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the more momentum you build, the easier those hard things become to do. You know, I'm sure what you saying no to the wine in the first and second weekend was really hard. Mm-hmm. By the fourth, fifth weekend, it's kind of like, no, this is just what I'm doing. You know, this is just the decision I'm making. And I feel so good. I don't want to go back to that. Yep. And so we wanted to talk about psych. There's, there's a couple top things that tend to kill momentum. We're going to go over the top five. Um, <laughs> hear my child gasping. Um, we're going to go over the top five. So number one is kind of a, it's a double-edged sword. It's routine because mm. new routines, I think, are necessary to help develop consist- consistency and momentum, like doing new things. For you, it was probably like changing your workouts. It was starting to weigh and measure all your food again. That was a new routine that you hadn't been doing. And so they help you know, us taking all the thinking out of it sometimes by having those set routines. But at the end of the day, they can also bore us and they can start to kind of ruin us if you aren't building different ones. So like we will start to lose interest. You know, Food gets boring. Our workouts don't excite us anymore. And we have to kind of honor our routines that we need. But then also be open to the possibility that they might need to change. You know, Mm. I I think that routines are very challenging. Like we need to know which ones are serving us and which ones are maybe going to make us crash and burn. Absolutely. That's one thing I talked about in the podcast. So the podcast I recorded today was solo. So Becca doesn't know um, everything that was said, but I talked about like I was burnt out of powerlifting, like for that last six months that I was training for those powerlifting competitions. Like I was, I was getting burnt out of my training routine, man. And it was just like not fun anymore. Um, And so now I had to develop a new routine with the different workouts that I am doing. And I incorporated more, um, you know, different styles of training. I added some running, I added some hit you know, the things that I used to do, I just added those things kind of back in, but that did require me to create a routine. And so, yes, I think hundred percent routines are necessary and you're going to need to schedule things in. Like you need to take control of your time. This is something that I've had a lot of conversations about with some clients this week is you're the only person that can control your time. And you like when things aren't going your children a little bit. Well, yeah, the children for sure. (laughs) But for example, if you have a party on Saturday night, this is, real life story, two of my clients, 
went to the same party. Neither one of them wanted to go. And I was like, you guys didn't have to go to that party. You know, you could have easily said no because it is your time and it is your choice. But they went, they told me some funny stories today after the party afterwards and whatever. But the point here is if it's a priority for you, it'll get into your schedule. And so you got to take control of your routine. You got to manage your time and you got to take ownership of that. And this is one thing where when people say like, I don't have time. Well, we do have time for our priorities if we make the time for our priorities. That's just the hard truth. Yep, absolutely. You're postpartum, Becca, and you're still grocery shopping. You're still meal prepping. You're still moving your body. Like, I just have to, I have to, my time has to now be prioritized around the priority of my newborn. And so it's my newborn is my number one priority. And so this morning I made sure that she was fed before I went to the grocery store so that she wouldn't, you know, lose her shit at the grocery store. When I exercised this afternoon, I did it right after she was fed. And I, I've been timing all of these things out. I don't just like let life happen to me, you know, and she's fussy right now. It was the only hour today and tomorrow that Liz and I have to work on these podcasts. Um, the afternoons are always fussy. So I usually don't put a lot in the afternoon right now because I know like I'm not going to get to it then. She's going to be fussy. I'm going to have to put more time to her. So, and you know, with work, like these are what we talk about seasons of life all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there are different seasons. Liz knew that this season before the vacation, she would be able to dedicate. She wasn't doing the powerlifting competition. She wasn't, you know, she's not in a newborn phase. Like, yes, we're very busy with work as we always are. And she was extra busy with me being gone, but we also podcasted ahead. We did a bunch of things at a time so that she could still put a lot of time and effort into this cut phase. Because you guys, if you're like, you know, extreme example, an accountant in tax season, you shouldn't be doing a cut. It should not be a season of life that you're doing a cut. You're too busy. It's You're not going to be able to prioritize it. And so we have to kind of look at like taking advantage of those things, but then also giving ourselves the tough love of, okay, maybe I, you know, I'm never finding myself in a good season of life. Okay. Then I've probably created mm-hmm. this situation. I need to work harder to create a situation where I can succeed. I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Oh, I totally agree. Cause there's never a perfect time. There's never a perfect no. time to hire a coach. There's never a perfect time to go to the doctor. There's never a perfect time to start a workout <laughs> plan. Like let's be honest, the, the stars just don't align in the way that you hope that they will for a long period of time. And there's been many challenges over the last few weeks, but honestly, you know, it comes down to one, having the support and accountability um, from my coach, my husband, obviously our team um, in terms of like our coaches at Fit Mom, and then two, reorganizing and prioritizing my time on the weekends to set myself up, which I believe actually helped a ton in terms of the workload for me and keeping me nourished because Becca knows I tend to undereat uh, on days we have long yes. calls. So not anymore because I have things prepped. But the second thing here that we want to talk about that kills our momentum and holds people back is fear. And we get it. I mean, it is scary to change. It is scary to think about unbecoming the person that you are today and actually getting to your goal because how will you feel? What will your day look like? What will you do with your time? You won't be worried about hiding behind black baggy clothes. You'll actually be able to shop in your closet or go to the store and shop. And for some people that can be scary because you know we all know the fact that people are complacent and more comfortable with what is comfortable sometimes. And so we get it that, you know, you are afraid, but when we are afraid, we don't take risk. And sometimes taking risk is necessary. You guys, this podcast wouldn't be here if Becca and I didn't take a risk. Our business wouldn't be where it's at and the coaches on our staff would not be on our team if we didn't take risk. And so this is where like, you have got to make a decision that 
no matter what happens, the time is going to pass. And so put your best foot forward. And if you fail, learn from those failures. Beck and I have failed many times in life, in mom life, in entrepreneurship, in you know, leading teams, you know, just all kinds of different things that I can think of in terms of failure, like things that we could have done better, but we welcomed those failures and we learned from them. And we're going to take those lessons forward with us so that we can do better. And so I think this is where a lot of people have to kind of shift into being afraid of what if I fail into being excited about what if I succeed, what is that going to look like for me? And really embracing those challenges. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the thing with fear is that people, people want to be in control. And when we're not in control, it's scary, you know, and when you're trying new things, you're not going to be in control. You haven't done this before. You have to know that like, yeah, I might, I might screw this up. I might not do it perfectly. And I'll be honest, like I am, especially when it comes to sports, I I don't like trying new sports because I don't like not being good at them because I've always been really good at sports Um, with other areas of my life. I tend to be a little bit more like ambitious, but with sports, I have a total fear of like feeling like I'm not good enough because I worked so hard to be good enough in them. And so that's a big part for me. And I think a lot of it revolves around control and anxiety of the, the what if, you know, what if that I do this and it doesn't work how I want it to do, you know? And so when we become afraid, we don't take these risks and we don't give our full effort because we're almost like one foot in, one foot out. We don't actually dive fully in. Um, And like you mentioned with success, success can happen, but I think a lot of times success can also be a big, um, leader to complacency. Like when we start winning, I I bet if you talk to anyone that is a top athlete, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, all of them, none of them were ever complacent. None of them were like, you know what? I'm good enough. Even when I'm the best, I'm good enough. No, they kept, you talk to all the top athletes. They are the ones that work the hardest. They are the ones that are there before everyone else and after everyone else, because they never get to a place where they're like, this is good enough. You never feel like you've arrived. You never stop learning. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people when like, well, if I just get to 10 pounds down, like if I just get to this weight, I'll be happy. And we've already decided before we even get there, like you've already made the decision before you even freaking got there that when you get there, you're just going to, that's enough. You know, that's why I never like putting scales mm-hmm. on like or weights on goals, because you know what? Who knows? What if I get there and it's not good enough? Or what if I find a place where like I'm really happy before there? And so we have to be open to new opportunities, continue to grow. That's where Liz and I like we never want to stop learning. I never want to stop. like Liz is in a new um, educational situation right now where she's doing more coursework mm-hmm. and she's doing more certifications. I plan to do that probably sometime around February or March. Once I get my life and shit under control, <laughs> I almost did it when the, I was like, maybe I'll just do it when Taylor's a newborn. Really good decision not to. Um, I already have my hands full. And so, you know, we always want to continue learning. We want it. There's never, you never know enough. You mm-hmm. never, ever know enough. And you're never, I think in life, You're never in a place where you should be like, you know what? I don't want to grow as a person. That should never cross your mind ever. And so I think with weight loss, you know, don't have a scale number. Don't have a body. Like get to a place where you find yourself happy and then ask what else? What else can I do? What what else can I change to make this an even better situation? Yeah, because you might find that there's different things that you enjoy along the way, you know, and we go through different seasons too, in terms of like, I'll just use myself as an example. Like, I was like, hey, let me try this powerlifting thing out. Like, why not try a new challenge? Why not explore this and just see how I do? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for a period of time. And then I decided, you know what, I'm ready to be done with this and shift back into some other things. And that's okay. But 
you always want to be searching for the next level. You want to be pushing that ceiling, that glass ceiling that everybody talks about in corporate, right? I don't want a glass ceiling. I want to freaking break through that glass ceiling. And I want to just keep going and going and going because I'm never going to be satisfied. And I think for a lot of people, you know, they hold themselves back because of what we just talked about with that fear of success too. Um, And they're okay with being complacent, but yet they're ultimately saying they're okay being unhappy. And so, you know, this is where you deserve to have the desires of your heart fulfilled. I think I've said that several times on our podcast. And if those desires change, that's okay. Just talked to one of our clients this morning. She's like, I'm really questioning staying in corporate. Like, I was like, let's talk through that. What do you want to do? And so I'm pushing her and challenging her. No, you shouldn't leave corporate right now because this is, you know, your family's income. But let's start exploring maybe how you can make this a side job, right? Like maybe you can start doing what you want to do and build a business and eventually be able to get to a place that you can leave corporate. But instead of just wishing that you had that job, like let's start taking action on it and let's start seeing where this can go and where it can take you, you know? So anyways, moving on. Number four, I think, oh, this is so good. Lack of direction. So good. We kill our momentum because we don't know where we're going. We're throwing darts at the wall, expecting Mm -hmm. to see success and to see change when we don't have the education, the knowledge around what we should be doing. And Beck and I have been very clear on several episodes. Our belief is great coaches have coaches. And we've both had various coaches in different seasons. And, you know, if you want to know what a win looks like, you need to have a coach. You need to hire somebody and you need to work with them and you need to understand maybe why things are happening, whether it's with your body or with your training and how to adjust and how to pivot. Because so many people look at the number on the scale and they use that as their measure of success. They use it as the measure of success, but it's only one measure, right? Like I just made a post last week. Okay, so the scale is moving, but at the end of the day, it's not drastic. However, the way that clothes fit you know, is totally different. And the way my body feels is totally different. And if I was only relying on the scale, a lot of people would have quit by now, to be honest, like losing a half a pound a week, most people quit. And so this is where you have to look at all of the other things that are changing with your body, with your habits, with your emotional state, your mindset, and how good you feel, you know, your energy throughout the day, all of the things that are part of this journey of living a healthy lifestyle it goes far beyond the scale. And I think that's, Absolutely. you know, where people need the most direction and the most push, honestly. Yeah. And I think the last thing here is people cannot accept failure. Like it's, we can't get past it. And so many people, this is why it's like a, you do a diet for seven to 10 days and then you give up. Mm-hmm. You do it, you know, you do a workout plan for a month, two months, and then you give up because we fail to accept that failure is part of success. Like failure should be a part of your success. If you didn't have any failures along the way, you probably didn't accomplish anything that great. Like to be totally honest. And that's, that's maybe a harsh truth, but like I know for sure everything great that we've accomplished, there's been dozens of failures along the way. Um, and failure should be used to build motivation. Like, it, you know, as a person, you strive to recover, lessons get learned, which can help, you know, succeed long-term. We always say failure forward, you know, like this failure of Taylor screaming in my ear right now. 
<laughs> totally fine. Our listeners are just excited to have you back, Becca. Even though we we had batch recorded and they've been hearing your voice for the last six weeks. But no, I totally agree with that. Is again, we either hold ourselves back because we're afraid of change and we're, you know, scared of what will happen if I don't succeed. And so, you know, we don't even try. But what happens if you do try? What happens if you try and you fail? What do you learn? How do you grow, right? I think self-development is one of the best things that you can do to fail, right? Because Becca and I have done many things in our business, obviously, you know, um, with some of our clients in the past, the way that we used to coach, we've talked about this before on the podcast, like running different five, six week challenges and, you know, not setting people up for that long-term sustainable fat loss. And I'm very transparent about this. When we bring people on, had a conversation with a lady today that just signed up, like, we are not going to take you to the extremes. We are not going to restrict all of these things. We're going to keep your health at the forefront and we're going to play the long game with you because that is what we have learned over the course of the past 15, 16 years of coaching collectively, that it is important to always be playing the long game. And throughout us playing the long game for our business and what we want to accomplish, we failed many times. So whatever it is that you're starting, don't worry about failure. Know that failure is normal. It's part of the process. The most successful people did not get to where they are without failing. So we'll leave you with that today, guys. Fail forward. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.